You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Have a good day. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Each week, the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse brings you classic plays adapted and performed by some of the best in modern audio theatre. And without further ado, here's your host for this week's show. Good evening, everyone. This is Jeffrey Adams from the Icebox Radio Theatre. Our cab has arrived, and we're ready to step out onto the sidewalk in front of this beautiful Sonic Society Theatre here in Halifax. Let's come inside, shall we? Thank you very much, sir. Very well-dressed crowd today, as well they should be, for it's an elegant radio play we're going to be enjoying, Lux Radio Theatre, recreated here by the good folks at Gypsy Audio. Let's head into the auditorium, shall we? Very hushed atmosphere here. Velvet seats and a beautiful curtain. Cupids up above, all ready for what should be a very elegant evening of radio theatre. Lux Radio, of course, ran from 1934 to 1955 on American Radio, three different networks, and was host for most of that time. Hosted, I should say, by Cecil B. DeMille. This play, Stage Door, was actually originally run in 1937, starred Catherine Hepburn and Ginger Rogers, and I think the curtain is just about ready to go up. So let's enjoy this production of Lux Radio Theatre, recreated by Gypsy Audio, right here on the Sonic Society's Summerstock Playhouse. Broadway is a mighty stream, sparkling, swift and unfathomable, rushing on mercilessly, swollen with an overflow of talent from all the other little Broadways, the main streets of America. But along the course of every roaring torrent, there are backwaters, pools and eddies where the driftwood collects. Such a backwater is the Footlights Club, a girls' theatrical boarding house just off Broadway, just around the corner from fame. In the old-fashioned living room of the club, the girls are gathered just before dinner. The air is thick with talk, shop talk, and women's talk. On the overstuffed sofa sits Jean Maitland. Jean is a dancer when she works, but she's been at liberty for the last six months. She polishes her nails calmly, ignoring the conversation that flies about her. Lamb stews for dinner. I bet it's awful. Yeah. Well, it couldn't be any worse than it was last night. No. Yeah, no better than tomorrow night. Can anybody lend me a lipstick? How was the matinee, Susan? Oh, very intimate. We had a hundred people on stage and fifty in the audience. Well, at least you had them outnumbered. Ugh, five weeks of rehearsal and only two weeks of pay. What's the matter? Is the show closing? Like a tired clam. Oh, that's awful. Jean, did you hear that? Susan's show is folding. Yeah, and if any more fold, we can all move right into the storehouse with the ceiling. Good evening, hags. Oh, there you are, Miss Shaw. Were you speaking to me, Miss Maitland? I'm just on my way out. 
Come on, take them off. What? You heard what I said. Take off my stockings. What stockings? If you don't take them off, I will, and I'll take some of the hide right off with them. Oh, Mrs. Orchid, Jean and Linda are fighting again. From now on, wear your own stockings or go barelegged. Oh, is that so? Yeah, that's so. Stretching my size eight over your big clodhopper twelve. Girls, girls, what's the trouble? This hoyden accused me of stealing my own stockings. She swiped her last pair of stockings from me. Oh, Jean, Linda, how do you expect me to run a respectable boarding house? Ah, uh, you're doing the best you can with the people you've got. Jean. Oh, Linda, Mr. Powell's car is here. Oh, <laughs> well. Tell the chauffeur I'll be right there. Well, well, Mr. Powell's car is here. Mr. Powell, the great producer, isn't here. Just his car. Well, if you were more considerate of your elders, maybe Mr. Powell would send his car for you some day. I can hardly wait. Of course, he'd probably take one look at you and send you right back again. But then you have to expect that. Well, you should know. Well, good night, everyone. While you're sitting here digesting your lamb stew, you might be thinking of me dining on pheasant bordelaise. Bordelaise, no less. Woohoo, girls, listen, bordelaise. <laughs> 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 well, maybe it's casserole. I'm not quite certain. Oh, be sure not to eat the bones and give yourself away. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that bout was a draw, Jean. Break it up, girls. That's the end of round one. <laughs> <laughs> girls? What's that knocking? Well, it might be mice. Why, it's someone at the side door. Say, how do you get in here? If you really want to get in, you might blast. Oh, don't, Jean. It looks like a customer. Uh... Go around to the other door, please. What's the matter with her? Can't she read? The mice are still with us. Uh, this way. Come right in. Thanks. Good evening. Hi. Hey there. How many doors are there to this place? Well, there's the trap door, the humidor, and the cuspidor. How many doors would you like? <laughs> <laughs> I only asked a civil question. I'd like to see someone about accommodations, if you don't mind. Oh, I don't mind. Miss Orcutt's the keeper on duty. Yes, I'm the one you see. You mustn't mind, Jean. Evidently, Jean's a very amusing person. If you young ladies will pardon me, I shall take the wolfhounds through a stroll in the park. <laughs> <laughs> this is a theatrical boarding house, isn't it? It's considered one of the finest. Now... Let me see what I have available. I'd like a room with a private path. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything so strange in that request? Oh, you mustn't mind the girls. They're just full of fun. We're just a great, big, happy family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How expensive are your rooms? Thirteen dollars if you share a room. In advance. That includes breakfast and dinner, but not luncheon. You mean meals are included for that money? Yes, indeed. And I must say, we have a very fine kitchen. <laughs> girls, <laughs> girls. What shall I do about my baggage? I'm expecting a few trunks. Well, I'll have them taken care of. Uh, Miss 
Miss Randall, Terry Randall. Miss Randall, yes. Now let me see. I have only one vacancy. You'll have to share a room with, uh, with Jean. Jean. You mean the girl who made all those remarks? Oh, I'm sure you'll like the room. It's very bright. Uh, come this way, Miss Randall. This way. One trunk, two trunks, three trunks. When does your baggage get here, Miss Randall? I'm expecting the bulk of it in the morning. Hmm. We could leave the trunks in here and sleep in the hall. There's no use crowding the trunks. Yes, yes. I don't know what we're going to do when the wolfhounds arrive. I hope you don't mind, animals. No, not at all. I've roomed with a great many of them before. Yes, I can see that. Do you mind if I ask a personal question? Another one? Are these trunks full of bodies? Just those two, but I don't intend to unpack them. Oh, I was just thinking, if the room got too crowded, we could live in the trunks. Now that's a good idea. You don't mind helping me unpack, do you? Oh, I beg your pardon. You're not the maid, are you? Oh, it's quite all right. And may I put this picture here? Why not? May help scare the moths away. An old friend of the family? It happens to be my grandfather. Grandfather? Well, there is quite a resemblance, especially around the whiskers. Now that's a fairly intelligent observation for you. Judge it from your wardrobe. I'd say he's a fairly generous old guy, as grandfathers go. He always treated me very well. And I suppose if you had your choice, you'd have picked a much younger grandfather. I see that in addition to your other charms, you have the insolence generated by an inferior upbringing. Oh, fancy clothes, fancy language, and everything. Do you mind if I hang your dress here, on the floor? Temporarily, of course. I must take my bath. That should help. And remember, half the wardrobe is yours, and if anything of mine should get in the way, why, just toss it out the window. Hey, who's in the bath? It's me, honey, Mary Lou. Well, hurry up. That's still a community tub, you know. I'll hurry. Hello, Kay. Kay. Oh. Hey, what's the matter, Kay? Don't you say hello to me anymore? Hello, Jean. I didn't see you. I just got in. I'm tired. Well, you certainly must have heard me. Oh, don't pay any attention to me. My mind's been wandering lately. What's the matter, Kay? Oh, it's just one of those days. Let's sit down and have a good cry. All right, cry on my shoulder. I'm going to take a bath anyhow. What's wrong? No castings today. If you'll leave your name and number, we'll get in touch with you. Mr. Powell is not seeing anyone until the end of the week. Last week, the week before, and the week before that. Somewhere, somehow, I had the idea I was a pretty good actress. Come on, shake out of it. Who got all those rave notices a year ago? That was a year ago. Oh, you do sound gloomy. I don't know why I'm hanging on. There's nothing else I can do. Nobody I can go back to, except somebody I'll never go back to. Listen, you don't have to go back to anybody. Why, you're the only good actress in this club. Something's bound to come your way. 
I hope so. Now look, Kay, I don't want to butt into your private affairs, but if it's a matter oh, of gee. a few bucks... I've got to get this part in Enchanted April. It's me. It's my life. No one else can play that part. It belongs to me. I've just got to get it. It just can't be otherwise. Uh, I've just got to. <laughs> honey, it's all right. All right, now come on, snap out of it. Oh, honey, there's somebody coming. Now go into your room and I'll see you later. Go on, baby. Jean! Hey, Jean! What do you want? Jean, do you want a date? Some more of those lumbermen of yours? Well, yeah, but... That last couple we went stepping with, they were made of lumber. Especially their feet. All right, don't. But it's not too late for dinner, and they haven't had theirs yet. Wait a minute. Did you say dinner? Yeah. Oh, well, why didn't you say so before you spoke? Hey, Mary Lou, get out of that tub. What do you think you are anyway, a trained seal? and it's all quiet. Too darn quiet for me. Hey, where's Jean? With the lumbering lumbermen. Oh, uh, Miss Randall. Yes? I thought we ought to get acquainted. I'm one of the girls here, too. Oh? Anne Luther is my name. Are you uh, of the theater? Not yet, but I hope to be. With the proper coaching, you need not despair. In fact, if I don't find a play worthy of my talents, I may do a little coaching myself. Really? I can't tell you how interesting I found your discussion of Twelfth Night at the dinner table. Thank you. I don't think the rest of the inmates shared your enthusiasm. Hang on to your chairs, girls. We're in for more Shakespeare. <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> Is it against the rules of the Footlights Club to discuss the classics? <laughs> the trouble with you girls is you're all comics. Don't you ever take anything seriously. After you've sat around for a year trying to get a job, you won't take anything seriously either. Do you have to just sit around and do nothing about it? You think you're facing difficulties. Why, what do you think of the men who crossed the Rockies? Did any of them crash a manager's office? No, but if they'd wanted to, I'm sure they could have done it. And I bet I can, too. Maybe she can get through the door with a vanishing cream. Maybe I can. You say you'd bet, Miss Randall. I... I meant it figuratively. Well, I'd rather have lunch. <sighs> All right. Anyone else? Yeah, sure. I guess so. I'll take a lunch. I'll take a lunch. You'll crash a manager's office. How long? Give her a week. A week is enough. Name your manager. Um... Anthony Powell. Powell? The Anthony Powell? Why not? All right. Why not? Hello. Hello. How are all your folks? What happened to you? You're limping. Am I? 
Did you ever dance with one of those lumberman Romeos? <laughs> Maybe. I don't remember. Oh, well, if you did, you'd remember it all right. Well, why do you go out with them? Oh, bite. Why do I? They not only step all over you, but they bore you to death. They... Why am I telling you all of this? Why not? We're going to share the same room. Why not share our troubles? We started off on the wrong foot. Let's stay that way. Oh, don't you ever stop quarreling. What's the matter? Can't you take it? I can take it if you want it that way. Sure. Why not? <sighs> I hope you like your bed. It's the worst of the two. Thanks. May I ask a humble question? If you ask it in English. You're probably wondering why I'm living here. Maybe I am. Why don't you sell some of those fancy clothes you've got and live in a decent place? Isn't this a decent place? Besides, I've always wanted to be in an atmosphere like this. Sister, you haven't seen atmosphere. Wait until six in the morning when those garbage trucks start around. <laughs> Say, am I getting good or are you getting weak? It struck me funny. What did? The idea of having a garbage truck for an alarm clock. Well, it's not funny to me. If I had your wardrobe, I'd scram out of here plenty fast and leave you to your atmosphere. Oh, no, you wouldn't. You bark a lot, but you don't bite. You wouldn't sell out for a wardrobe. Well, it's all right for you to talk. You've got yours. <laughs> and Linda isn't doing so bad either. Linda? Oh, she's the other girl you fight with, huh? One of them. Well, you two probably have the right idea. I don't know. What idea is that? Stop kidding. Oh. Oh, you mean having a grandfather, huh? Uh, call him anything you like. If I had to do it all over again, I assure you I wouldn't have had a grandfather. <sighs> hmm. Perhaps if I came in here today with a hungry look in my eyes and a straw suitcase, you'd think I was all right, huh? But a wardrobe won't help you to act, and three meals a day, of course, well, it's just a bad habit. However, that's hardly a reason for the girls to dislike me. Jean. Jean, are you listening? Write it down on a piece of paper. I'll read it in the morning. Almost a week has gone by. Terry Randall, unable to make friends with the girls at the Footlights Club, pursues an uncertain path to fame alone. Jean Maitland, still out of a job, practices daily at Alex Karofsky's dance school. With her partner Anne, she's working out a routine in a corner of the room, when through the door comes the famous producer, Linda's friend, Anthony Powell. Well, 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 Mr. Powell. How are you, Mr. Powell? I'm fine, Alex. How's the new school? Oh, fine, fine. You thinking of putting on a musical? No, I very likely won't produce anything this year. Unless I can find an angel. Say, who's the little blonde over there? Hmm. Oh, just one of the kids. You want to, uh, meet her? Never mind. I'll introduce myself. Hey, Jean. Look who's giving us the once-over. Who is it? Nobody but Anthony Powell. So, that's Linda's soulmate. Who's he staring at? I don't know. I hope it's me. Ah, uh, you can have him. Morning. Are you girls rehearsing for a musical? No, we're just getting over the DTs. That's a nice routine you kids have got there. <laughs> I hear yours isn't so bad either. See you in the dressing room, Anne. 
What's the matter with your girlfriend? Oh, she's just, well, just nervous. Meeting such a great man, you know. <laughs> Do you two girls expect to go on the stage? Oh, well, we're just hoofing around, waiting for someone to discover us. Well, you're discovered. Huh. Oh. Oh! Uh, well, I I, I, I... I didn't mean it that way. I, you see, we thought maybe, you know, I mean, we might get into a nightclub like the Grotto. The Grotto? Yeah, you know, someplace like that. <laughs> you know, well, uh, excuse me, I, I, I guess you're getting me nervous too. <laughs> excuse me, goodbye. <laughs> nice little routine these kids have, Mr. Bauer. Yes. Say, Alex, call up Gordon at the Club Grotto. Tell him I said to give the kids a job. The Grotto? Swell. wasn't so good either. Did you see who was sitting out there? Sure. Her friend, Miss Linda Shaw. And her friend, Mr. Powell. Well, what of it? I heard tonight that Powell owns half interest in this club. Oh, you know, it did strike me kind of funny. Are getting a job here all of a sudden like that? Nah, don't be a dope. Ah. Uh. Say, if he ever smiled at me the way he did at you tonight, I'd do a three-point collapse. Hello. May I come in? Oh, uh, uh, how do you do, Mr. Powell? I thought you girls were very good tonight. Thank you. We thought so, too. <laughs> Don't pay any attention to her, Mr. Powell. She's slightly balmy. Well, uh, excuse me, Mr. Powell. You don't like me, do you? How could I help liking a man who takes his mother out to a nightclub? That was your mother you were sitting with. No, no. That was my girlfriend's mother. Now, my ideal mother is young... Blonde, slim, and, uh, generally intriguing. I'll see if I can get you one on Mother's Day. What size? Your size. Well, that wouldn't be so easy. You see, I'm not the stock size. Couldn't we talk the whole thing over at dinner some night? Mmm, I'm very fond of dinner. Could you send your car around for me? Where could I send it? I'm living at the Footlights Club. But the traffic around there's a little heavy. Hmm. I see. So maybe you'd better send it around here first. Perhaps that would be better. Uh-huh. Shall we say, uh, tomorrow night, after the show? Mama will have a lamp in the window. Good night. 
Hey, girls, who's got a fur cape they're not using tonight? You're a little early, Jean. I know, but I wanted to get a lean on it this morning. I got a date for dinner. Terry Randall's got one. I know. Well, where is she? Out to lunch. Free, too. A fella just called for her. Oh, Grandpa? Well, I'd say he's a little young for Grandpa. I liked his car. Will there be anything else, Monsieur? No, that's all. Very good, Monsieur. So your decision is final, is it, Terry? Yes, Dad. It's final. I'm sorry, my dear. I thought by now you would have satisfied this silly whim of yours and been ready to come back home. Hmm. If I thought I couldn't achieve anything by myself without the aid of the family millions, I'd feel like a pretty sorry specimen. But why must it be the stage, Terry? There are other things to achieve in life. I don't know, Dad. It... It just happens to appeal to me. You've got your family name to consider. Oh, don't worry about the family name. So far as New York is concerned, Terry Randall is just another stage-struck girl from the Middle West. They don't know me from Eve. But they're going to, if I have anything to say about it. And if you are to fail, then what? If I'm a failure, I'll be the first to admit it. Then would you come home if you fail? Would you have me? Well, you're pretty stubborn, but you're still my favorite daughter. Let's leave it at that. Oh, what time is it? It's almost three. Oh, Dad, I've got to run. I've got to bet with the girls that I couldn't crash a manager's office. Something tells me you won't lose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darling Dad. Thanks for everything, every word, every sigh, every kiss. Thanks for Mr. Anthony Powell's office. Mr. Powell is an in. Have you an appointment? Sorry. He can't see you. Hello? Hello? No. No casting. Miss Winters? I'm Kay Hamilton. May I see Mr. Powell, please? Just a moment, please. Hello? Hiya, Kay. Oh, hello, Judy. What was it, Miss Hamilton? I want to see Mr. Powell, please. I'm so sorry, but Mr. Powell isn't seeing anyone today. But I have an appointment. I was supposed to read that part for him in Enchanted April. I'm sorry. But if I could only see him for five minutes. Not today, Miss Hamilton. But I've just got to see him today. I've just... Oh, Miss Hamilton! Just got to... Oh, no! Catch you, someone! I'll take care of her. Kay! Kay, are you all right? Somebody, get some water! Rub her hands. We'll bring her around. Here, here you are. Here's the water. Thanks. Eve, Judy, what happened? Oh, Terry! It's Kay! She fainted! Powell broke an appointment with her, and when Miss Winters told her, she passed out. Ah, she'll be all right. She's coming around now. Kay, are you all right? I... I feel better now. Just who does this Anthony Powell think he is, refusing to see people with appointments? Let me through, please. Here. You... you can't go in there. No, just watch me. Well, come back. 
back here. I beg your pardon. So you're Anthony Powell. Well, and who might you be? My name is Terry Randall, but that's not important. By what right do you break into my office without any... What right have you to barricade yourself behind closed doors and refuse to see people? It happens to be none of your business. Do you know that the girl just fainted in your outer office because you broke an appointment with her? I'm sorry. I didn't know. And as long as you keep that door closed, you'll never know. You're a producer, and it's your business to see actors. Why, the greatest actress in the world might be sitting out there, and you'll never give her a chance. Are you the greatest actress in the world? Never mind me. I don't need you. But those other girls do. They work and starve and go without decent food and clothes in the hopes that someday someone like you will come out of his office and notice them. Really? Now listen, my militant friend. I judge by your attitude that you hold me personally responsible for any possible tragedy in the lives of the girls who come up here. Is that right? No, it isn't. But I do think you owe it to all these people to at least see them. Maybe they've got something. Well, maybe they have. But do you realize that if I tried to see all the young girls who wanted to be an actress, that I wouldn't have time to do anything else? There are about 50 girls for every job that's open. But how do you know you'll get the right ones? You don't even have the courtesy to come out of your office and say no to them. That at least would be some contact with the theater. Well, you're one that can't complain. I've seen you, and you're not the type. You're very smug, Mr. Powell. Very smug. Well, whether or not you're satisfied that I'm not entirely responsible for the woes of the theatrical world, I'd suggest that you run along and leave me here with my conscience. I doubt very much that you have a conscience. Good day, Mr. Powell. How is Kay tonight? Oh, she's all right. Well, what did the doctor say was wrong? Malnutrition, he called it. That's Latin for not eating. Mrs. Orcutt, what did the doctor say? Oh, she's going to be all right. It was very sweet of you to send in the doctor, Terry. I asked you not to say anything about it. Well, of course, dear. It's not that I'm a... Uh, Sentimental. It's just that the whole thing seems, um, unnecessary to me. Oh, certainly, dear. And now that you've paid her rent, there's no reason why she shouldn't stay. May I come in, Miss Maitland? Certainly, Miss Shaw. I guess you'll be safe. The exterminators won't be here until tomorrow. Mm. Well, how did they miss you on their last visit? I was out in society that day with an old boyfriend of yours. Oh, yes. Speaking of funerals, these flowers just arrived for you. Oh, and my little flower girl brought them up just for me. Mm-hmm. Well, if I could find my purse, I'd give you a big five-cent tip. I really came along to give you a tip. Oh, and don't bother to read the note. I can tell you what it says. Eleven roses and the twelfth is yours, Anthony Powell. Well, you're doing very well up to now. Tell me more. Oh, the routine's the same for all the girls. Quiet little supper in the Powell penthouse. Champagne and all the fixings. Oh, and then there's Harcourt now. Harcourt's a gem. That's not Harcourt you're wearing, is it? No, my sweet. Harcourt's the butler. A very discreet butler, if you get what I mean. And conveniently deaf. 
Now let me see. Tony usually starts off with a tired little boy routine. Oh, but I don't want to spoil it for you. I'll let it all come as a big surprise. Thanks for calling. And remember, if you ever need a good pallbearer, I'm at your service. Good night, dear. Oh, hello, Randall. Hello. Have a nice time, Jean. I didn't mean to eavesdrop, but I couldn't help overhearing. You're not really running around with this man Powell, are you? Why not? Why should you play with fire just to spite Linda? I can take care of myself. Personally, I think you need a governess. Besides, if I don't go out with him, I'll probably lose my job, and so will Anne, and we'll be right back where we were. Now that's a lame excuse. You got along somehow before, didn't you? Oh, I'm sick of getting along somehow. Besides, it's none of your business. Sorry. Oh, by the way, that's a beautiful ermine cape you're wearing. Remarkably similar to one of mine. Oh, is it? Is it yours? I just wanted to see how I'd feel in one of these things. You feel any different? I'll say. Why don't you wear it? Do you mean it? Why not? You may as well go to perdition in ermine. You're sure to come back in rags. <gasps> you know, you're funny. In some ways, you're not such a bad egg. Oh, as eggs go, I probably have my points. Gee, thanks. Good night. Night. Jane? Oh, Bill. Hello, Bill. <laughs> I've been waiting out here for you. Yeah? Well, when did you get back, Bill? This morning. The show was one of the quicker flops of the year, despite my swell publicity campaign. Have a cigarette, Jane? No, thanks. I gave him up when I was seven. Bright girl. You busy tonight? Well, yeah. Well, I couldn't give you much of my time tonight anyhow. But how about dinner tomorrow night? Mm, I don't see how I can very well. Well, why not? Well, uh, since we got this job, I haven't had much time for anything. <laughs> well, you haven't given up eating, have you? Oh, it isn't that, Bill. It's... Maybe we hadn't better see each other for a while. Why? I just think it's better. Oh. Why do you say, oh, like that? How would you say it? Well, you make it sound like it meant something else. Well, that ermine speaks for itself. Hmm. Whatever I do is my own business. Okay, okay, sure. Well, I'm sorry, Bill, but I've got a life to live from now on. Well, you... you do understand, don't you, I Bill? I guess I do. So long, Jane. So long, Bill. Later the same evening, in Anthony Powell's penthouse high above Broadway, Jean stands by the window gazing down at the twinkling lights of the city. The producer stands close to her, smiling indulgently at her wonderment. It's a beautiful view, isn't it? Hmm? What? Oh, the view. Yes, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. Tell me, did you enjoy the supper? I didn't dare. Why not? Well, it'd make it too hard to go back to lamb stew. You don't have to go back to that lamb stew. Not if you don't want to. Do you have suppers like this all the time? Practically all the time. Why? Oh, I just wondered. I wish I'd been born lucky instead of beautiful and hungry. <laughs> 
Will you have a little more champagne? No, thanks. I'm afraid to walk now. Well, uh, perhaps a little coffee. No, thanks. I just want to look at the view. Oh, it's a wonderful view. Don't you think? Hmm? Yes, it's a beautiful city. Like a fairyland. It's full of color, illusion, glamour, romance. Hey, what happened? What's the matter? I thought something blew out. Oh, I turned down the light. It does improve the view, doesn't it? Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful now, but think of how much more beautiful it will be with your name flashing across the horizon. Jean Maitland, and letters four feet high. Eight feet. <laughs> All right, eight feet. I'll be the sculptor, and you the clay. Mm-hmm. I'll mold you into the greatest dancer Broadway has ever known. I'll be Pygmalion, and you'll be Galatea. Oh. Sounds like a fairy story. Well, isn't life just a fairy story? After all, aren't grown-up people just little boys and girls at heart? Oh, I know. At the office, I'm the gruff Anthony Powell, theatrical producer. That's a pose. But here, with you, I'm just a tired little boy with a dream. Who were you going to be? Hmm? Well, you were going to be somebody, and I was going to be somebody. Oh, yes. Uh... Pygmalion and Galatea. Which am I? Why, you're Galatea. I'm Galatea. Who are they? Pygmalion was a sculptor who carved the statue of a woman out of marble. Oh. The statue was so beautiful that he fell in love with her. And his love was so deep and tender and true that it warmed the statue into life. And they lived happily ever after. Oh, and did they get married? I, I don't think so. I don't believe people got married in those days. I think that's terrible. What's terrible? But they didn't get married. But she was just a statue. Oh, but that's what's so terrible about it. (laughs) You mustn't cry over a statue. The whole thing's a fairy story. Oh, but he got after all that trouble and everything. But he didn't go to any trouble. Now you're just being hysterical. I'm not hysterical. Besides, he couldn't marry her if he wanted to. He should have thought of that in the first place. She was probably minding her own business. Come on, you're getting yourself all excited over nothing. Harcourt! Well, it may be nothing to you, but it was something to her. Why, he can't do that to her. You bet he can't. Harcourt! Why, why don't you do something instead of standing there like that? I'm gonna do something about it the very first thing in the morning. Harcourt! That's a shame. The ladies rap, Mr. Powell. Thank you, Harcourt. Oh, it's awful. It's terrible. <laughs> now, now, now. Here's your rap. You run along home now. Get some sleep and don't worry about anything. I'll see my lawyer. We'll get the whole thing straightened out. What thing? Now, look, my darling. Whatever there is to be straightened out. Harcourt, open the door. Yes, sir. There's good old Harcourt. He'll see you to the car. That's a good girl. Ah, you're wonderful. Did anybody ever tell you you were wonderful? You're wonderful too. And Harcourt's wonderful. And I'm wonderful. And the whole thing's wonderful. Ah, you're wonderful. You're wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Good night. Good night. Whew!
Mr. Anthony Powell's office. I'm sorry, Mr. Powell's in a conference, Mr. Burke, and he cannot be disturbed. Now, let me get this straight, Mr. Carmichael. You have a client, a client who's interested in putting a little money into my show, Enchanted April, right? Exactly. But he wants to remain, shall I say, uh, incognito. Of course, of course. Now, uh, just how much does your client wish to put up? As much as you need, Mr. Powell, with one stipulation. Hmm. Well? He wishes to be allowed the choice of the feminine lead. Oh, I see. I don't think you do. His purpose is not merely to make his daughter a present of the leading role, Mr. Powell. He wants to find out, and quickly, if she has any real talent. I see. Are you willing under those terms? Ha 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 well, fresh money is always welcome. By the way, who's the girl? The name she uses now is Terry Randall. 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 Oh, yeah. Terry Randall. I expect this to be the greatest play I've ever produced, Miss Randall. Every actress on Broadway has begged to play the part of Jeanette. It's one of the greatest parts ever written. Shall I turn down the lights a little, Miss Randall? It improves the view, makes it more restful. On the contrary, it makes me feel slightly uncomfortable. Are you sure you brought me up here to discuss this play? Why do you ask? I'm a suspicious person. You want to be a star, don't you? Yes, under the proper circumstances. How would you like to see your name blazing across the horizon in letters four feet high? Four feet? Yes, it's got to be a good-sized sign. I'm used to that. So's Jean Maitland. What's she got to do with it? Are you in love with her? No. I thought so. What's Jean Maitland got to do with this discussion? Do you want to play this part or don't you? I'm really tremendously flattered, but how do you know I can act? You've never seen me on the stage. How do you know that? Because I've never been on the stage. Oh, well, I saw you perform in my office. I wasn't performing that day. Well, whether you were or not, I know an actress when I see one. You showed fire and emotion, and that's what I need in this part. I'm not an emotional person. You will be when I get through with you. I'll mold you into one. I don't want to be molded. I believe in acting with my brain. Well, I'll mold you one of those also. Would you like some champagne? No, thank you. Do you mind if I have some? Go right ahead. I beg your pardon, sir. Are you expecting someone? No. Uh, get some champagne. I'll answer it. Do you mind if I answer the door? Not at all. Thanks. Well, it's about time. Jean? How did you get up here? Have you got a woman in this apartment? Who wants to know? I do. Now, listen. I'm in a bad humor. Where is she? Oh, Jean. Come on in. Oh, so it's you. Hello? Say, what is this? That's what I'm asking. Mr. Powell has just been telling me the plot of a play. So, that's how you happen to be sitting on the floor. 
Come on, get up, Miss Randall. This isn't where I left you. What is this, a frame-up? Tony, darling, control yourself. Now, don't you Tony darling me. Come on, get up out of there. Jean, you go home. Go on. I'll go when you hear what I've to say. Say it and get it over with. She came up here to sign a contract to do a play. What's she going to sign it with, Champagne? Harcourt, call the manager. Oh, you needn't call any manager. I thought I was in love with you. But I see my mistake now. I only went out with you in the first place to spite Linda. And as for you, Miss Terry Randall, you better hide your face, you double-dealing, double-dyed, double- Darling, I didn't know what I was doing. My own roommate. And you preach ideals. You and your grandfather. Now look, I've had enough of this nonsense. She preaches ideals so she can chisel when my back is turned. Well, you can take your old red fox cape. I'll never borrow another thing from you as long as I live. And don't you try to borrow anything from me, either. I hope you two will be very happy together, you two-faced snakes. Good lord. Well, what's so funny? Everything. Well, it's not funny at all. What do you suppose she thinks? Exactly what I want her to think. What? But why? Well, for several reasons. In the first place, I like her. Oh, I see. You're something of a Girl Scout, aren't you? First class. <laughs> and now suppose we get back to the play. All right, all right. Take your places on stage, please. We're going to play the scene over again from the father's line. Go ahead, Walters. Right. Mother, here's Jeanette now, coming up the garden path. Oh, poor child. Wait a minute. Uh, Mother, um, cross center there. Poor child. She's probably brokenhearted. You'd better let me talk to her first. You'd better let me talk to her first. Well, come on, Miss Randall, that's your cue. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Powell. I didn't realize we were rehearsing it again. In the theater, Miss Randall, you come in on cue. Now try it again. But my opening speech still doesn't seem right to me. If you'd read it correctly, that would help. Remember, your husband has just left you and you're broken-hearted. Broken-hearted. Can you understand that? Start over again, Walters. Yes, sir. Mother, here's Jeanette now, coming up the garden path. Oh, the poor child. She's probably broken-hearted. You'd better let me talk to her first. The calla lilies are in bloom again. Such a strange flower, suitable to any occasion. I carried them on my wedding day, and now I place them here in memory of something that has died. That's terrible! Well, if you think I'm so terrible, Mr. Powell, why did you hire me for the part? That's what I'd like to know. Probably temporary insanity. Try it again. Jane, do you think this 
dress is fancy enough for an opening night. For Randall's opening, you ought to wear black. Oh, hush. She was nice enough to give us free tickets. Yeah, she wanted to be sure there was somebody in the audience. You sound as if you wanted to be a flop. Not exactly, but as long as there's going to be a flop, I want to be there and see it. The calla lilies are in bloom again. Such a strange flower suitable for every occasion. The calla lilies are in bloom again. Miss Randall, rehearsing again? I thought I told you to rest. I can't remember a line, Luther. Not a line. Of course you can't. No one can an hour before curtain time on an opening night. When you step out on the stage, they'll all come back to you. But what if they don't? They will. They always do. Okay, the doctor told you to stay in bed. How do you expect me to stay in bed with all this excitement going on? But you mustn't disobey orders, dear. I was going to come up and see you before I left. Keep her cheerful, Kay. She's got first-night nerves. You've had them, you know. I'll run along now and get my things. We're due at the theater now. Kay, it's that opening speech. If I could only get through that, I think maybe I'd be all right. Kay, watch me, will you? The calla lilies are in bloom again. Such a strange flower, suitable for any occasion. May I make a suggestion? I wish you would. The way you hold the flowers. I always felt that Jeanette would hold them as she would a child. You see, they never had a child. Oh. Oh, I see. Do you suppose that was what the author intended? I'm sure of it. And when she says, in the memory of something that died... Kay, do you know this play? It's not a play. It really happened. It happened to someone I know. It happened to me. (laughs) Okay, darling, don't do that. This isn't just your night. It's my night, too. Oh, Terry, you've just got to be a success tonight. You've got to give a great performance, no matter what happens. Is something the matter? No, no. I'm just excited, that's all. Terry, aren't you ready yet? One minute, just a minute! Kay? Kay, you're ill. No, no, I'm not. It's... It's just the excitement. Terry, I want you to have this ring. A girl gave it to me last year. It brought me luck on my opening night. Maybe it will bring you luck. Oh, darling, you're sweet. I wish you could be there later, in the theater. I will be there, Terry. In spirit. Kay. Come now, Terry. Luther, Luther, there's something wrong with Kay. Nonsense, my dear. There is. Didn't you see her? Her face? Her eyes? She frightens me. Now, Terry, please. You're all nerves. You've got to calm yourself. (coughs) Luther! What? What was it? I tried to stop her! I tried to stop her! Something's happened, Kay! Kay! Jean? There's no use calling her now. Jean? 
Is it? She can't hear you now. She's lying downstairs, all huddled up on the pavement. No! She jumped out of the window. <laughs> Little Kay, she's dead. Oh my God. Oh my God. Jean, why did you tell her? Terry isn't responsible. She is responsible. It was Kay's part. It was Kay's life. And now it's too late. Please, please. Kay is dead. Kay who never harmed anyone. And all because she hasn't a heart. Because she's made of... Terry, don't <laughs> listen to her. Jean, get out of this room, do you hear? I'm leaving. I'm going to the theater, and I'm going to sit out front, because Kay asked me to be there. No. No. And every line she reads, I'm going to say, that should be Kay's line. And every move she makes, I'm going to say, that should be Kay. <laughs> Kay, who's lying in the street, all broken and alone. Now I dare you to go on tonight. I dare you. <laughs> Terry, Terry, dear. Kay. Little Kay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kitten, ladies and gentlemen, Kitten. Kitten going up. Kitten going up, Kitten. Kitten going up. Ladies and gentlemen, Kitten going up. Jean, Jean, she couldn't help it. Terry couldn't Where's help Jeanette it. Where's now? Coming up the garden path. Oh, the poor child. She's probably broken-hearted. You'd better let me talk to her first. Jeanette? Jeanette, dear? The calla lilies are in bloom again. <laughs> Such a strange flower. Suitable to any occasion. I carry them on my my wedding day, and now I place them here in memory of something that has died. You poor child. Have you gathered here to mourn or bring me comfort? I've learned something about love that I never knew before. You speak of love when it's too late. Why are we always so helpful to each other when it's too late? He's coming to say goodbye today. And one must always listen closely when people say goodbye. Because sometimes, sometimes, they're really saying farewell. Oh, my darling, you Jean? cannot stay here. Jean? We'll take you She's away good. somewhere. Terry's no. good. This is my home. Jean, this don't stare like that. Jean! Terry Randall gave the best performance I've seen in years. Magnificent. Bravo! That Randall girl was marvelous. I suppose I should thank you on behalf of the company. 
And I know that I'm grateful for your applause, but I must tell you that I... I don't deserve it. I'm not responsible for what happened on this stage tonight. The person you should all be applauding... died a few hours ago. A young and brilliant actress who could no longer find a place in the theater. It was for her more than anyone else that I was able to go on, and I hope that wherever she is, she knows. And understands. And forgives. My dear, you'll never know how good you were tonight. You were simply wonderful. That wasn't me out there tonight, Luther. It was someone else. It's only after we've suffered that we can make the audience feel for us. Does someone have to die to create an actress? Is that what the theater demands? Oh, Jean. Oh, Jean. Terry, please forgive me. You were wonderful, Terry. No, not I. It was Kay, Jean. Wherever she is, I know she understands. Will you take me to her, please, Jean? Yeah. Here's your coat. Let's go say goodbye to Kay. Mr. Powell, Mr. Powell, Mr. Powell. Mr. Powell, Mr. Powell. Is it true Terry Randall's the Wee King's Mr. daughter, Mr. Powell? Mr. Powell, Mr. Powell. Give us a break. Please, gentlemen, please, please. I'll give you the whole story. Okay. Wow. All right. Yes, it's true. Miss Randall is the daughter of Henry Sims, the Wheat King. How'd you discover her, Mr. Powell? How? Well, that's another story. See me tomorrow. Evening, Anthony. Oh, hello, Ellsworth. Do we get a good review from you tomorrow? Well, Terry Randall will. She has a very strange quality. Reminds me very much of that girl you brought out last year. Oh, yes? What was her name? Oh, um, Hamilton. Yes, yes, Kay Hamilton. Whatever happened to her? She's still around. Strange quality. Beautiful. Yeah, I'll have to look her up. I think I've got just the part for her. Well, good night. Good night. Lights Club? Oh, well, I'll see you, Bill. Hey. Hey, we're having a little excitement around here this afternoon. Judy North is leaving. <laughs> Getting married. Wait a minute. Well, goodbye, everybody. I've got to catch a 7 o'clock train. Thanks for everything. If any of you hands ever comes to Seattle, the House of Milbanks is always open to you. Well... If we do come up to see you, I hope you'll promise to give us woodchuck pie. Better than lamb stew. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, goodbye, everybody. I now, now that I'm actually going, I feel like having a good cry. Oh, oh you should weep. That's the first job you've had in a year. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. 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 Goodbye, Judy. Judy. Goodbye. Don't be a stranger. 
Ah, oh, well, that's that. Poor kid. Why she hated to leave a dump like this is a mystery to me. Oh, I know how she feels. To me, it would be like leaving the house where I was born. Well, at least she'll have a couple of kids to keep her company in her old age. And what do we have? Some broken-down old memories and a mangy old scrapbook that nobody will look at. Well, we probably are a different race of people. Maybe. Just now, though, I feel like sitting in the moonlight and having somebody hold my hand. Hey, Jean! Bill's on the phone! Bill? Oh, oh, give it to me! Hello, 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 Bill! Don't be sentimental. Remember, you're a ham at heart. Oh, shut up, Terry! Shut up! No, no, Bill, not you. That was a friend of mine. Hey, Bill, how would you like to take an old broken-down hag to dinner and maybe for a ride toward Bronx Park or someplace? Eight o'clock at the Greasy Spoon? All right, Mr. Stage Door was written by Edna Ferber and adapted for the Lux Radio Theater. The cast is as follows. Terry Randall was Marlee Norton. Jean Maitland was Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard. Linda Shaw was Era Pelodi. Anne was played by Morgan Barhart. Kay Hamilton was Laura Frechette. Mrs. Orcutt was Kim Giannopoulos. Mrs. Anne Luther was Julie Hoverson. Eve was Carol Stokes. Mary Lou is played by Megan Presley. Judy is played by Tanya Milojevic. Susan was played by M. Sierra Garcia. Anthony Powell was played by David MacGyver. Harcourt was Alex Gilmore. Ellsworth was Ralph W. Walters. Karofsky was played by Stevie K. Farnaby. Miss Winters was played by M. J. Cogburn. Carmichael was played by Chris Gumprich. Mother in the play was Alexa Chipman, and the father in the play was Mike Stokes. Bill was played by Jules Ismael. Harry Sims was played by Taylor Kent. Waiter was played by Jules Ismael. The usher was Murray Retread, and the reporter was Stacy Dukes. Various background people included Paul Mannering, Bill Holwig, Dedrick Jensen Woodard, Colin Snow, and M. Sierra Garcia. Produced and directed by Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard. Pre-production by Alex Gilmore. Music and effects and final mix down by Jim Smagata. I am your announcer, Cecil B. DeMille. I mean, Murray Retread for gypsyaudio.org. This production is copyright 2010. Thanks for listening and come back again. And that's this week's showing from Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, performances, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their respective copyright holders and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and any shows that continue their run must receive express permission from all parties involved. That brings the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse to an end for this year. Thank you to all of our performers, writers, and editors. And next week we return with Season 6 of the Sonic Society. Join us again then. I'm your announcer, David Alt. Good night.
There's a train headed your way. It's the Transcontinental Terror Express, pulling into the Mutual Audio Network Depot in October. I'm Boris, your conductor. This train is powered by your favorite horror actors, writers, and producers who are dying to entertain you. And I'm Igor. As your engineer on this trip, I can't be held responsible for any accidents, even if they're on purpose. I'll make sure your ride is as smooth as the blood on a corpse's face. Uh, you're not fun. It's the best audio horror on the rails. That always goes off the rails. <laughs> be sure to subscribe to the Mutual Audio Network now so you don't miss a single scary Sunday. And there are five Sundays in October, including... Halloween! Five wonderful weeks of fears for your ears. All aboard! <laughs> the Transcontinental Terror Express. We're working up a good head of scream for you. 